Welcome to On The Button. In this episode, I'm speaking with Jasper Martins. He's Chief Marketing Officer of fintech company Pensionbee. He's helped grow Pensionbee from startup to one of the UK's leading pension providers in just a few years. I talked to him about that journey, how videos played a part, and the importance of measuring effectiveness and using it to scale in the right direction. Hello, Jasper. Uh, thank you so much for joining me today on the podcast. I, I've known you for a little while now, and it's always been a lot of fun working with you. Um, but today I'm going to talk to you less about the work that we do together and more generally about the work you do in marketing um, and how video plays an important part in that. I think for me, it'd be great to start by hearing you know, how you got into marketing, what it was that attracted you to marketing, why you find it so exciting. I, w- I think I went into marketing because my dad was in marketing. I think that's always a good good starting point. Uh, my father was in marketing comms, really. And um, I just saw how much fun he had in his job. Initially, I was really into search engine optimization, social media marketing. And I think later on, I started to get a real taste of what kind of like the bigger marketing picture could look like when you are building a brand and you can't just rely on optimizing your keywords. But actually, you start thinking about brand advertising uh, billboard advertising, television advertising, and how that actually has an influence on your whole marketing mix. I think that element of it, once I saw that, I got really interested in looking at the overall marketing mix. Um, but yeah, I, I, I started working for small agencies in Amsterdam, did run my own agency for a couple of years. Then I moved to London in 2009, started to work for an insurance company on digital marketing, then got the taste of the bigger picture. And then I moved to Pension B. Great. And that's a, a perfect segue into Pension B. Thank you. Um, it, obviously, you talked there about how a big part of marketing is building a brand. Now, not many people get the opportunity to li- literally build a brand from nothing. That must have been a very exciting opportunity for you when you first heard about it. Can you tell me about how you felt when you first when you were first introduced to Pension B and, and what that challenge felt like? It's definitely... A once in a lifetime opportunity, I, I would believe. Um, also, uh, I can also recommend you not to do it twice. I think it's really good to do it once. <laughs> Gives you a lot of sleepless nights um, and a lot of gray hairs. I was working for an insurance provider in the UK and was really enjoying my job there. But as I always, marketers get an itch after a couple of years. And I got that itch for sure. I, wanna, I was looking for something else. Then I was introduced to Romy one of the co-founders at uh, Pension B. She told me about the problems she was trying to solve with pensions. And me absolutely have no knowledge about pensions whatsoever. I was listening to her and I was like, wow, first of all, I need this. And second, why didn't I come up with this? That's always a very good start. So when you get that combination, you feel as a marketer, you can really make a difference. Because you're trying to solve a problem for consumers in the in our case. Two, you are marketing a product that people actually want. So it's all about making sure that you acquire the right kind of customer and reach those customers with the right message and you activate them and they will become a customer. So if you've got that and you're also being hired as the first marketeer, because I was employee number two uh, at the time, you're kind of like, wow. Let's bring this on. What's the worst that could happen? 
And I think in our case, it was all about, well, if the seed funding runs out after a year and nobody wants our products, then okay, then I will find another job. That's how I looked at it. That's how I approached it from day one. And here we are today. Yeah, so clearly it, the seed funding didn't it didn't run out uh, and you didn't stop. You've grown an incredible business. I mean, the, the growth has been amazing. And every time I've been into Pension B, that feeling that you get in there, that everyone's happy to be there, it's something that many fintechs talk about, but not many. And actually, I, I talked to Jonathan about this. You know, not many of those fintechs actually managed to nail it so that everyone in that office has that same feeling and that energy and excitement about what they're doing. How do you think marketing's played a role in getting that enthusiasm internally as well? Um, well, I guess in terms of like company-wide, I think a couple of things are really important. We, are, we work with five values that shape our company culture, which is innovation, simplicity, but also love. And love is a very unusual value to have as a company, but we think it's one of our most important values. The second bit is that everybody at Pension B, or almost everybody, will have a, a share in the company. So you're not just there to work. You're actually there you're part of the business like it's like the waitrose and john lewis model where you kind of your partners you're not just an employee it makes a huge difference people see it as their own company and then in your question about how marketing plays a role we are trying to solve a problem that many people almost everybody in the uk will have when they have pensions build up through their workplace and they are moving jobs so bringing that message to the consumers that we have a solution to solve your problem that, of course, is a very positive message. And that's something that everybody at Pension B is behind. That's also what gets us into the office or now into our Zoom office uh, every morning. So as a marketeer, of course, you're amplifying that mission, that message uh, through your campaigns. And uh, that makes people very positive and enthusiastic uh, and want to come to work. So I guess that's how we play a part in it. We're amplifying what's already there. It's clearly worked internally, but it, you know, I've seen the the results that you're getting with your marketing externally as well. Like you say, the growth is amazing. How? What's the philosophy behind your marketing? How how have you achieved the success you have? I guess first of all, you need to understand, and you know, I've been in financial services marketing now for quite a bit of time, and it actually isn't as the pension beast proposition isn't as different from like insurance brands or other financial brands. Financial companies, financial products, are not Lamborghinis. Like it's not exciting. It's not like, it's, it's not a super hot product off the shelves, right? It's something that we ought, we know we ought to be looking out for. We ought to be making sure we've got the right product. Is it really something you're going to like, yeah, let's go shopping. No, you're not really, unless you really have to. With insurance, there's an expiry date or a renewal date. You, you have to then shop around. With pensions or other products, you really don't have that moment. Like you can solve it today, you can solve it next week or maybe in five years. So I always talk about customers' inertia, about, you know, taking, do something with this, a cold purchase. So how can you turn this cold purchase into something that's actually a really warm and exciting experience? So instead of saying on a Sunday afternoon, I will sort this out when it's raining. But actually what you, the reality is when it's raining and it's a Sunday afternoon, you will be watching Netflix instead. Um, you're not going to sort out your pension work. So how can you activate that audience, turn it into a really great experience? And that's been at the heart of solving that inertia. Now, there's two key ingredients to solve that problem, how we approach that pension B. First of all, we have to solve the trust issue. Would you move all your pension money to a startup? I would not. So why would you? 
and that's solving that problem first. It's the basics, uh, making sure that we that we tell customers that we work with the largest money managers in the world. That uh, if by any problem we would ever actually go out of business, your money would be protected by the financial services compensation scheme. So all of these things are really important. Working with with influencers and journalists uh, who can review us, and you know, building trust that way. So we've done quite a lot. Video again has played quite a big part in this by working with real customer testimonials and I'm actually using them in our advertising and on our website to really bring home that it's not just us, it's actually our customers who can tell what we do and how we do it. So that's your trust issue there. And I think the second thing which becomes more prominent after that is what, how does pension B make you feel as a consumer? In our case, we, we give you a sense of relief you're finally on top of your pensionness, making your pension confident. That emotional layer, that message, that's really important. So you've got your trust, you, and then you give people, I wouldn't necessarily say goosebumps because that might be a bit too cheesy, but you know what I mean. It's like, yeah, took me five minutes and I was, and then suddenly I'm, I'm on top of this mess. And if you look at our advertising, for example, you, we're increasingly moving away from just showing a phone with a product on with a yellow background. Because if you make it green or purple, it, you might ask mistaking us for another brand. So swap that and actually turn talk more about the emotion, the, the feeling you get when you join Pension B and you're on top of your pensionness. So we've got people suddenly floating, floating the weight of your shoulders, which we had on our billboard advertising. But we used those same customers in our advertising to talk about how we made them pension confidence. So I think those are the two key ingredients for any financial brands that actually want to convince people they, they should join them. But also don't be shy and talk about the emotions that come with joining your brand. And a lot of financial brands simply don't do that. They will have a lot of jargon, Lots of complicated messages. Or look how shiny new app. Well, a shiny new app. Do I want to transfer five pensions to that app, that shiny new app? Or do I want to do I want to transfer to something that's really solving my problem? So I think a lot of financial brands, especially fintechs, could learn from that. You're entrusting your entire life savings with Pension B, I guess. <laughs> you say that that trust is absolutely essential. Yeah. And I guess you mentioned video there. Uh, and for, uh, personally, I've always felt, you know, video is there to communicate those emotive messages and, you know, trusting someone to, to, to look after your, your life savings. That's an emotional decision to a certain extent. Why did you choose to start working with video in the first place? What was it that drew you to, to that medium? Video brings your message to life. It's as simple as that. Nobody reads complicated brochures but people are willing to look at a two minute video. And I think that is what we saw from the start. The second reason why we used video is a customer testimonial is often a sentence on the Trustpilot review page, which is useful. Well, what if we could go to that customer and let them speak from their living room or their beach or their back garden or anywhere they are and talk about what really is behind that one sentence they talk they they reviewed you on so we very early on uh, in our process started to actually use only real customers in our advertising our our comms but also especially in our video messages so we went to customers and we asked them their experience but also how 
how it made them feel now are they and that confidence that that they were really happy and confident that we've now given them a, a road for proper retirement uh, estimations and plannings and that kind of stuff if you see that that will that will hit home if i would just write it up in an in a blog post it wouldn't it wouldn't hit home as much and i think that's been one of those things the other things to bear in mind we also use that in our advertising quite a lot so if i'm before COVID, if i was on the train on my phone scrolling through my instagram or my facebook feed what would really get to me somebody who kind of like instantly starts speaking with subtitling and you know you see that video image driving home or just the actual testimonial well, I, I think most of you will agree that that video will probably hit home uh, much better to your audience you're trying to attract. So I think that's the power of video. Now, I, you know, it's great to hear you say that. And obviously, I completely agree. <laughs> but the thing that excites me about the way that you work, Jasper. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I thought so. I thought so. The thing that excites me about what you do is that it's all <laughs> it's all based on results and numbers and metrics you know you're not doing this because you think video is the right way to go you're constantly changing your approach with video and all your other activities based on the statistics behind it um can you tell me a little bit about that yeah so i think everything we do uh, will have uh, uh, an acquisition cost attached to it people who still split uh, performance channels and brand channels into different buckets and treat them differently, I think they should really look at what's around today and how you can measure your results. Yes, I have performance and brand channels, but I do treat them the same in terms of how I measure them. So I can put an acquisition cost on my TV's activity. I can know exactly how much it costs to acquire a customer through our TV ads. Now, one of the ways we do that is we measure the first five minutes after we've aired a TV ad, how many app downloads we get, how many people visit our website, minus the usual UTM tracking for performance channels. So we know that, and that's from a cookie, from a cookie basis. And not just from when somebody actually fully signs up, but from the first visit that hits our website, for example. Even if they then actually sign up next week, we still know it's that person. Because we because we do it that way, we know what TV channel works for us, at what time of the day, and what's creative. So we've got seven different TV ads. Talk about the use of video. So we've got testimonial ones. Then we've got more. We've at the moment the one that's done really well during lockdown was an umbrella with with rain on it, with the message control, the things you can control, which was like a 10 second bumper ad before the weather forecast. And we we measure the impact of those, and then we know which one works better than others. And we and then we look because we know who those people are. We also know are they actually the customers we want to attract. So it's not just about the, the cost per acquisition, but it's also the quality of the customer. So that's how we measure the impact of video. And it has helped us really to understand what creators work well to attract the audience or what messaging. I think that's really important. We do the same approach on Facebook, for example, and Instagram and some other more performance-based channels where the tracking is much easier. And sometimes we really go, you know, press the reset button and introduce a whole new approach of course, still within our brand positioning, but different and see, will this actually make a meaningful difference? That's just two examples of how we would measure that. I, I seem to remember at the beginning, you were kind of using online to pilot different customer stories, for example, to see which work best before you move them into other places. Uh, can you tell me a little bit more about the work that you've done with online, especially around the customer advocacy piece? We talked about trust as your one of your first key ingredients to build your brand. 
So adding customer testimonials from real customers to our website, that was like really important. So if you go to pensionb.com today, you can still see them and we're still refreshing them. That was like the first time we really used them. And then as a result, and I think that was also part of the brief, we went from just using them on the website. We actually started to look at them as in like, how could we turn them into uh, some acquisition ads? Uh, for Facebook, Instagram, and really started to test like which message, which emotion, I think like which which note were we hitting with customers with some of these testimonials on uh, some of our performance ads. And, you know, you can just quickly reject them and then use them and see which one actually has a really good click-through rate, conversion, et cetera, et cetera. But also the kind of customer we, we attracted. So I think that was kind of the second stage where we started to take that into uh, more small-scale performance-based channels to test them. We've also increasingly used those to convince people who started the process, so they saw maybe an ad and they started to sign up, in retargeting on YouTube, for example. So, you know, when you have started the sign-up process, but you haven't got your pension paperwork at hand, you know, we, did, we do ask for quite some things to sign up. And I appreciate you don't have that on the train or in the car. So, how do I get you back into your study and open the pension drawer? It's retargeting you on your tablet or your phone with customer testimonials or with some video, uh, other video content to convince you, hey, go back to your study, go back to your pension drawer, just just do this now, a activate, <laughs> trying to activate you. Um, so from a from a retargeting perspective, from a conversion perspective, I think using video either to use your customer. Uh, customers in testimonials or product demonstrations showcase hey if you sign up this is how it looks like this is what you can do has been really really helpful it sounds like you're using video the whole way through the funnel even the the content with faith archer that's kind of thought leadership type content as well so you're cementing it the whole way through and the other thing that that, yeah. that i found interesting was the way that you were you know producing different customer stories that kind of represented the diversity of your audience. Am I right in saying that you found that different people responded in different ways to, to those different stories? On the, on the subject of diversity, anybody in the UK who, has, who is working for somebody and has a workplace pension is potentially a customer for Pension B. So I think it's important that, you know, we're making sure that Pension B's workforce is a mirror of the UK population, but I think in advertising, it should be the same. And I just felt like that inclusive message, like it's not about you're using a particular person in your advertising, so then you attract a particular audience, a minority audience, for example, that's not true. Actually, what you're doing is by showcasing that you are there for everybody in the UK, you will attract everybody in the UK. I think that is the, the main message that we need to hit home. Unfortunately, a lot of financial brands are still targeting a very affluent mid-40s audience. We just felt like our, our proposition is not meant for them. Like it's meant for everybody who has pensions and therefore it needs to be reflected. And again, video is something that you can use to really bring home that story. Absolutely. And, and talking again, talking to Romy and Jonathan, the founders that you know, they, they seem to live and breathe that, you know, making pensions available to everyone. That's that's kind of what, what Pension B is all about, right? And yeah. and it's and I can see that in everything that we do with you. Tell me about the future, though. You know, what, what plans have you got sort of moving forward? Because the business is continuing to grow at um, a very quick rate. 
how are you keeping up with all of that and what are your plans I've managed so far to keep up. Sometimes <laughs> it feels like it's a train that's left the station and I have less control in stopping that train. It's just now going on its own. Uh, of course, that's not true because, you know, you still have to adjust lots of things. So I think our big plans are that we do we, we want to become a leading online pension provider in the UK. I guess it's a double-edged sword, isn't it? Um, you know, you've got all these amazing new products that you're offering. That's all really cool, exciting stuff, but there's so much, so many things for you to try and communicate to to what is a a huge audience, like you say. I mean, it's I guess it's just trying to work out where you, where you start and uh, and where you finish each day. It's exciting times for for you and the team, I imagine. I think what's really important for us is that we feel there's a large forgotten audience. And that's, those are people who are actually older. Anybody from their 40s onwards, 50s, um, nearing retirement, a lot of fintechs, you know, are being classified as the millennial app and, you know, roundup savings and, you know, woohoo. Um, actually, reality is there's a huge gap of people in their 40s and 50s that fintechs are not really targeting. The average age of a pension B customer is somewhere in their mid 40s. Uh, we are 25% of our customers signing up every day are over 50. That is the audience that's so underserved. So we really want to make sure that we are building a product and a proposition that's for them. And they're also more difficult to convince to move to a newcomer like us. I'm actually making my job a lot harder. But I think, again, by using the right marketing tools like video, you are able to convince them uh, with that trust and emotion recipe. And that's that, and that will be our focus uh, moving forward. We want to make sure we, we offer something for those savers. You have been using video for a while now. Have you got any kind of top tips that you give to others um, when they are maybe just starting to use video or considering scaling their use of video? I think one of my top tips is keep it simple from the start. My first video was me shooting my colleague making a pension contribution on her phone in a coffee shop and post that as a video uh, on uh, Facebook as an ad and see which worked, which didn't. Four different colleagues doing exactly the same. Which colleague was winning was almost like a competition. Start small, can be can be rough around the edges, doesn't matter. Don't worry about it, just do, just start. If you, if you really start from scratch, uh, start small and actually start putting some investment and scaling it up once you see some results. That's how we did that. And I think two, look for the right partners. Like we we don't switch partner all the time. I think it's really important for when you are outsourcing some video production, because we don't use it all the time. There's no need for us to have some like a whole internal team doing that. So have somebody that's almost like part of your team and you keep using them. So you're not switching partners all the time because like, well, this is also credit to you. I would say, We've just recently done a production, and but because we've been working with each other for quite a while, I don't have to brief you on our tone of voice. I don't have to brief you on uh, what, what our product consists of and how we should market it. So you you guys already know. Uh, we communicate with each other on Slack. Uh, as an, you, You're almost like part of the team. And I think that's really important as a second tip. If you find your match, your video match in heaven, then stick to it. Be monogamous. Don't switch too often. I think that's really important. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Thank you, Jasper. Uh, again, thank you so much for joining me today. It's been great to chat to you. And uh, I look forward to uh, speaking to you again soon. And have a, have a wonderful weekend. Thank you, Simon. Thank you so much for listening to the On The Button podcast. It's brought to you by Big Button. 
Big Button is a strategic video agency. You can find out more about our work at bigbutton.tv. I hope you can join us next time. <laughs>